Hey Scrappers, Sam here. I wanted to pop in to let you know that on Monday, November 29th at 8 p.m., Pot Against the Machine is going to be doing our first ever live show. We will be live on Twitch streaming for Extra Life with a episode two of the Brian Identity with special guest Adam from Southern Tomfoolery. So you're going to want to tune in live. We'll, I'm sure, have the audio up on the podcast feed sometime afterwards, but that all depends on, you know, us getting our act together. But the main thing is that you're going to want to be there on Monday the 29th to join us live for absurd shenanigans and crazy adventure and, of course, to uh, support the Children's Miracle Network and uh, I hope all of you turn out, and I hope you donate to this great, great cause of children's hospitals around the country. And um, I hope I don't embarrass myself too terribly. I'm sure everyone else will be fine, but I'm going to be an absolute mess. So, Monday, November 29th, 2021, Pot Against the Machines, first live show, Adam from Southern Tom Foolery, Brian Identity, Aliens, Extra Life, Children, Charity, Twitch.tv slash Pod vs. Machine. Be there. This is Pod Against the Machine. Pod Against the Machine. Welcome back to Pod Against the Machine, affectionately known by some as the other podcast, where the shadows talk to you and the priests will fight you for your bed. I'm your host, and here's everybody. Hello. Hello. Zach didn't say anything. I did at the same time as Izzy. We were harmonizing yeah, again. It was, uh, I disbelieve it. We practice. made this exact same joke like six episodes ago, or possibly mm-hmm. ten. Who can say? Well, I don't know. It's not a joke if we get into the voice chat Discord and practice for 25 minutes every other Tuesday. But it's fine if it's a joke to you. It's cool. I apologize for my insincerity and and come back. Come back to me for a second word. I'll I'll edit that in. Oh, and last we left the very capable four, they had had a nice conversation with a very nice lady with very nice earlobes, Dinvaya Lanley, the keeper of the Clockwork Chapel in Scrapwall, and she was a little bit apologetic about her golem trying to kill everybody, but mostly she wanted to know, you know, how terrifying it was and what could be done to kill them better next time. Um... Once we dispensed with those pleasantries, uh, Zach read one of Joram Kite's poems, or Brixby, I'm sorry, read one of Joram Kite's poems, and um, we all in- greatly enjoyed that, and then um, you immediately basically became best friends with the cleric of Bry, who keeps the chapel, and she offered healing, she offered to let you stay on uh, your bedrolls in the chapel, since she's only got the one bed, and that is for her. We will not be having a foundry situation in this book, it appears. <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, you guys got a nice night's sleep, uh, scribed a scroll, fixed a gun, and hit level five, and nothing weird happened at night. So that's where we are. <laughs> Yay. We did it, gang. Level five. How does it feel to have the final level up of each of your characters' careers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to feel. I just assumed at least one of us would have perished at the end of book one. So the fact that we're here now is stunning. We already beat the odds. Like going into the whole like bird food situation, I was, as, as could be ascertained via the recording, just assuming I was going to die and feeling like preemptively guilty for it being my Wookiee prisoner idea. So the fact that we're all here to level five, I could at least... Whew. Yeah, I feel like the problem with the Wookiee prisoner strategy is that then you aggro the entire base and there's no reason for them to not come and kill you. Sure. I mean, we did walk around fully armed. We're like, yeah. Ah. With like we're small bits of tape these. around our wrists with all of our weapons and armor still on us. Don't know how to do this. But Clarence, the bird puncher... <laughs> he is the real hero. The real legend was born that day, and I can't wait for all of us to play on that podcast. <laughs> and now he he runs the gate. He's in charge, you know. He gets to decide who comes into Scrapball. I can't wait until we aid him taking over the Steelhawks entirely. <laughs> um. So I think before we do anything else. We should talk a little bit about this level up, and since I'm bad at choosing things, I have predetermined a way to choose things, and we're going to go clockwise according to my Skype window. So that means, Jero, what did Vargas get of interest at level 5? Well, at level 5, one big thing is that he uh, finally actually has the plus 2 to his uh, empowered arm that I... I think like two or three times last level, I'm like, oh yeah, I have that. <laughs> and it doubles my uh, negatives out to a zero. And no, it didn't. I was still at a negative one on top of my other bonus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's got a plus two now for his arcane pool. And it also now, the big thing at level five is on top of just empowering his arm, he can give it modifiers. Uh, he can't do as many as a normal magus can. Like, he can't do anything that does... He can't do, like, keen or anything like that because it's not a bladed weapon. But he can do... So he can do dancing, flaming, flaming burst, frost, icy burst. It says keen is, in fact, on there. Shocking burst, speed, or vorpal. 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 That's fun. Mm -hmm. Snickersnack. Yeah, so my arm can cut off heads on a crit if I empower it. <laughs> so cool. Uh, and he also got uh, two uh, feats because he gets one for his class and then one normal one. Uh, for his normal feat, he took toughness, so he gets a little bit of extra a uh, HP. And for his one for his class, I'm going to keep that a secret until it uh, comes into use in combat. And then he also just got a second uh, level two slot so he can use one more level two spell a day. 
And he has a very, very on-brand feat with the toughness. Oh, yeah. Really leaning into that not dying thing. He's supposed <laughs> to die. <laughs> real quick, I just realized I didn't say what toughness does. Uh, just real quick for people that aren't super into Pathfinder. It is kind of a fairly common feat, but it basically you get an extra 3 HP plus one more for every level you have. For every level you have beyond three, so total mm -hmm. of five right now, and then it'll, yeah, it'll Right now he gets a total of five XP on top of what he normally has. Just permanently added to his pool, and then it'll get one more every level up on top of what he rolls. Alright. Izzy, how about Kira? Yeah, nothing super exciting after having obtained magic at level four. Um, I do get one more spell slot. Nothing super exciting there, but um, I will keep that a secret just because uh, Kira doesn't know about it, and that's fun. Um, other than that, the only other thing I added here was a Furious Focus feat, um, which means I can, uh, without concern, flagrantly use my power attack um, just all the time. So with that and rage, it's like a plus 11 to hit. Oh, plus 12 for the great sword, which is so exciting. Oh, I'm gonna oh kill so many things. <laughs> Pretty stoked about that. All right. <laughs> On to Jeff, how about Asher? Well, the question every listener is, is wondering is, did you take another level in Gunslinger or Paladin? Are you tri-classing? And I went with Paladin 4. There was just too much to leave it at 3. And really the the need for healing has continued to grow. So I think that's been more, you know, as, as all of his guns continue to break, <laughs> uh, the healing powers of Caldera have not failed. Uh, so now at level, f at Paladin 4, uh, he can now... Uh, channel positive energy at the cost of two uses of lay on hands. His lay on hands also now double in usefulness, so he now heals for 2d6 for each pop. Uh, I can smite evil two times a day, which is Ayo. which is double the previous amount of smites available. <laughs> uh, so, and this is the things that happen to go with like half your paladin level. Now those all go up by one. So. Yeah, pretty pretty pleased with that. He also took a feat. Is it a secret feat? Yes. Nice. See how it is. Yeah. All right, and finally we go to Zach. Finally heading back um, to Rogue. Oh yeah, you know. Uh, no, I am so excited. Uh, I've finally made it to the the tri class. The the prestige class i've been looking for he's an arcane brickster a crime wizard a stabracadabrat he i took a level of arcane trickster so that is um really fun um i've built things towards a prestige class but i don't think i've actually leveled into a prestige or prestige class for, yeah at all since playing pathfinder so this is really fun for me he gets uh, the ability to do his like ranged ledger demon, which means he can do um, disable device and uh, the other one, sleight of hand at uh, 30 feet at a plus five DC. 
um, does not get spells at this level, um, like additional spells, like a wizard would know, like two additional spells known. Um, that is one of the drawbacks of the class. And I got a feat. My feet aren't secret. They're rat paws. Haha. <laughs> no, my feet isn't secret. It's a uh, improved initiative. It's an old standby. So it just it works out really well for somebody who needs to get that sneaky weaky off the top. And then Zach, just for um, listeners who may not be in the know, what is a prestige pres- prestige class? So Pathfinder offers us a bunch of classes. Obviously, they break them down to archetypes. But as a carryover from old school D&D, uh, prestige classes are just classes that you can eventually level up towards. They all have prerequisites. Um, frequently, they'll have classes that sort of uh, flow into them based off of the mechanics of that base class being the prerequisites. However, sometimes there's multiple inroads. Um, for this one, I had to fulfill a couple different uh, uh, ranks in my skills. I needed to have a sneak attack of at least 2d6, which I needed to take a feat at level 3 to augment. And uh, I needed to be able to cast a certain level of spell as well. Uh, level 2 spells. So, uh, yeah. But, um, you know, there are so many different ones. They're all over the place. Um, some are easier to get into than others. But they're they're always really, um, really interesting. Uh because you have to kind of go all in. Because once you're in that prestige class, aside from maybe one or two other prestige classes, that's this is what you've been building towards. Um, mm-hmm. Aside from taking, like for example, the evangelist prestige class, I couldn't really imagine Brixby doing much else. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's really neat. It's uh, exclusive classes. Um, some are great. Some are garbage. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations on finishing your build and actually, you know, getting to that promised land before Brixby died. It's true. I mean, <laughs> I was I was able to to say Arcane Brixter in a recorded session. That's all I needed. The character can die now. I loved it. Please and don't I kill can my character. Die fulfilled in the next combat. And we can get that <laughs> sweet, sweet crime wizard merch. Oh yeah. Got to keep going for the merch. Legal told me I have to keep him alive for at least a month. Hard work. I'm still waiting for that mug that says the secret ingredient is crime. Well, I was thinking crime wizard on the front with like the mouse silhouette and then the back is the secret ingredient is crime. Or maybe a color change one where it's got the Brixby silhouette crime wizard and then when it gets hot, it says the secret ingredient ingredient is crime. Oh, I like that. That's where it is. I'll buy it. Yeah, me too. All right. Glad we had this focus group. I yeah, did yeah. want to ask Sam, <laughs> did you think we were all going to make it to level five with our original characters? No. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple um, spots in book one that are just, you know, PC death factories, head to F specifically. Uh, but yeah. the Blindheim, like the second thing you fight, totally, I think kills a lot of PCs. And I was pretty mm-hmm. worried about Mayanda just because she can hit really hard. Um, but and by then, I think your characters had really come into their own. And now you guys yeah. are putting up so much damage that... That first... Uh, well, actually, I think it was technically the second robot encounter. Because the first robot encounter was the guy with the three legs who went down in like two hits. Because Jeff uh, critted him. <laughs> uh, but when we fought the one that had DR... 
And also, oh, what was that thing called? The rock that had DR that almost killed us all, oh, too. That was oh, the Galarn. Yeah, the Galarn. Yeah, the Galarn was no joke. <laughs> the list yeah, of things stuff. that almost killed us yeah. is Every, much, much well, longer than the, the, the big thing is, a lot of those early ones, even though it's only like a one-on-one fight, it's something with a bunch of like DR and resistances that low-level characters aren't going to have a way to bypass. Yeah, I feel like I rarely think about that blind frog anymore, but that was... Because both Vargas and, Vargas and Kira were still up, but like down. Uh, and the rest of the party was blinded. That was a, yeah. that was a close yeah. one, team. <laughs> if that had blinded all four of us, I mean, that could have been a TPK. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Episode three. Well, we did it. And we'll live forever. Yeah, now it's smooth sailing from here. Yay. That's now what they always say. Wouldn't kill our party. <laughs> The first book of an AP is the hardest, and then it's smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say. I think, uh, <laughs> Cat Steven wrote a song about that. Literally, an actual <laughs> god could not possibly even hold a candle to this party. Hey, you'll get to find out soon. <laughs> um, so you wake up bright and early, though there's not really any windows here because this thing is built into just like a converging wall of scrap. Um, so it doesn't really look any different than night other than maybe the ever-burning torches that um, Denvaya uses have clicked back on for the day. Um, you've all got your sleep and you're all up and I'd say the acid pool is probably gone by now. Safe. Oh yeah, I can delete that. (laughs) Um, so yeah, you're up. Well, thank you for uh, letting us stay. In this pile of um, tetanus, Brixby gets up and where he's made a small little junk angel on the floor to sleep. (laughs) It's my pleasure. I totally didn't have this voice before. Hold on. (laughs) She she came out of the wall and she's an Aussie. (laughs) Oh, God. She was like vaguely Eastern European before, I think, kind of. (laughs) Yeah, I've totally lost the pseudo-Russian accent I was trying. Ah, it is good to see uh, that you've all made it through the night. I joke, I joke. Um... It's been a pleasure having you. You're welcome back at any time. Uh, but, uh, where will you go now? A fair question. I wonder if perhaps it wouldn't be worth seeking out either this mutant manticore or perhaps just heading straight towards uh, Redtooth herself. She seems to me at least a likely enough ally if we manage to approach her before being shot to death. Well, they are fairly close together. Uh, I trust you uh, know the way, at least somewhat, to uh, where Redtooth's Warren lies. We have a map. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, Wait, did we want to buy anything from her this morning? Yeah, so um, you had mentioned you might have some wares that you would be interested in trading for. Uh, I was I was hoping you'd forgotten because my my gear is so sweet. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I have a, a few different grenades. I have uh, some batteries. Uh, this 
little device of no consequence here that you clip onto a weapon if you want to, um, you know, do nothing very important at all. And uh, have a silver raven uh, figurine of wondrous power. Can you go back to the part about the weapon clip? Yeah, it sounds like you're um, underestimating the gravity of the situation here. <laughs> well, or perhaps it's worth so little that we don't even need to provide coin for you to part with. Wise. It's a sentimental device, I, I think. And she holds up this small disc-shaped device that looks a little bit like a mini-disc. Um, for those of us who are old enough <laughs> to remember mini-discs. Um... And it's purple in color. Uh, it looks like it has can sort of snap on to basically any melee weapon. And she says, ah, this is a, uh, a gravity clip. It is very precious to me. I, I, I could sell it to you, but I, I, I would have to be 2,500 gold, I think. Would you be willing to barter for some possibly useful technological scrap that we may have that could help with your golems. Um, you do see where you are, right? There's <laughs> technological scrap literally everywhere. I mean, it's... You could say I'll barter with water and you might have more chance of finding some rarity, but... I mean, if you've got something particularly good... We have a nearly fully intact, but non-functional, and he looks sort of over to Bricks and Asher, collector robot, I believe it's called. Yeah. Hmm, that's... We also have some, like, Pepto-Bismol stuff you can just rub right on your body. (laughs) (laughs) We also have the eternal gratitude of both Joram Kite and the Knights of Ozum. I don't exactly know how to monetize that. <laughs> I think <laughs> I have the uh, former of those at least, but uh, yes. Um, for the collector robot, and she pokes at it with the end of her hammer. Obviously, the thing is defunct and it's pretty smashed up. I can uh, knock, let's say, two hundred off the price. Asher is going to just take a peek. Um, in lieu of a praise, or maybe a half to roll a praise, would a knowledge engineering tell me the value of <laughs> the gravity <laughs> clip? I just don't. I just want to make sure she's not haggling and saying, I'm going to take 200 gold off, but it's already marked up. Like, okay, we get it, Coles. It's 20% off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, maybe an engineering could, could help you there. Yeah, not much. Gotta get it out of the way with a 14 total. I mean, it seems like she's in the right ballpark. It's certainly a valuable item. For those at home, the item that the party is thinking about buying is called a gravity clip, uh, which can be mounted on any melee weapon, and once mounted, the clip modulates the weapon's mass on the moment of impact via the manipulation of gravity fields around the weapon. Each successful hit against a target consumes a charge from the gravity clip's battery and causes the damage from the hit to resolve as if the weapon were one size category larger than its actual size. That's a pretty sweet item. That is very cool. I think Sam wants us to buy it so that it explodes and murders everyone. (laughs) 
There are lots of things that are going to explode and murder everyone. <laughs> this one at least is cool. Well, I uh, appreciate you sharing this with us, but um, I think we'll have to take a rain check on this gear for now. We're a little cash poor, as they say. He gestures to our bedrolls amidst all of the rubble and shrapnel. <laughs> oh, well, that, that works for me. You let me know if you change your minds. Do you plan to remain here for the time being? I believe so. I, I think I will return to Joram, or at least visit um, Torch sometime soon, but it will be a little bit. I'd like things to be calmer here before I go. I understand. Simply wanted to make sure if we do decide to come back for your wares that we had an understanding of the timetable before your potential departure. I, I won't leave without letting you know first, assuming you plan to return. Why, yes, I believe we have a another round of a scrap golem fight coming soon to test out its <laughs> new functionality. I'd hate to miss that opportunity. Yeah, I've really enjoyed being part of the beta test. I feel like I'm, you know, involved in the project now. So I'll have to be back. Plus, where else are we going to sleep? It's so kind of you to, uh, you know, open your doors to us with no definitive end. <laughs> he he still hasn't had any coffee yet. He, he means that, mostly. Um, we'll come back and fight your robot as long as you heal us. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, how else are we going to get level 6 early? Yay! <laughs> have her keep rezzing the bot and then we fight it. <laughs> exact strategy on any video game ever. Pretty much, yeah. Just find the one room where stuff constantly rezzes and leave yourself in there. Go mm -hmm. do something else. So, gang, uh... Uh, can I roll anything on Red Tooth? If you want to roll a, a knowledge local. Yes, I would love to roll my first knowledge as a level five character. Let me just pull that up. Ooh. That is an eight total for Kira. <laughs> oh no. How did I win so far? Two on the die for an 11. Wow. Natural 10 for a 15. Come on, come on, Drew. Nope, natural one for a five. <laughs> wow. Bam. Well, I mean, you've heard the name before. Several people have said it. You know, she controls a, a gang in, in Scrapwall called Red Tooth's Raiders. Um, you've probably gathered by now that she's a Yusoki and um, that she's been a sort of stabilizing force in Scrapwall for quite some time. Um, but. And Envaya just told you that she's probably been hit pretty hard by this whole Lords of Rust taking over the place. Uh, so it's hard to say exactly what kind of state you'll find her in. Mm. Sounds like she needs us. Which, uh, well, we can talk about it on the way there. Brixby looks down. Are we planning to head straight there, or do you want to try to curry some good favor by... 
disposing of that creature first. I think we should see the manticore. That just sounds fun. And kind of cute, but also super deadly. So, um, we'll talk to it first, I guess. Do we know for sure that this manticore is specifically causing any sort of trouble for any of the gangs, or if it's simply living in the area? Because all I remember her saying was just that, oh yeah, by the way, there's also a manticore kind of over there. But with the like express understanding that uh, we're working on our big bad daddy points right now, and yeah. I believe that would that would give us... Yeah. Uh, so just kind of like, look how cool we are. We killed this thing more than this thing keeps eating our goats. Please get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with your sort of knowledge metagame role that you definitely rolled off screen. You might be in some sort of mini game right now where there's yeah. some reputation points available. Yeah. For street things. cred, as the youths yeah. say. Some big some bad scrap daddy worth. points. Big bad daddy points, I like. <laughs> Clearly we use our uh, Fall at New Vegas knowledge to just kill one of them and dress up like them, and then we don't have to do all of that. So, uh, to the Manticore, then. Yeah. Uh, so they're leaving, Brixby says, you know, kind of out of earshot, just because he's a private-ish person, but Love to speak with his compatriots. I'd um rather face down a mutant manacle than a Yasoki that survived in Scrap Wall made themselves up to be a gang member. He looks a little uneasy. Well, I bet you could be a gang member if you want, Ricks. You're scary. Aren't I already? And he points to the jacket. <laughs> yes, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly earned your big bad father points. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I don't know what the mechanic's called, but I'm I'm sorry. No, it's, it's called <laughs> big bad daddy, daddy points now. Daddy <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, regardless of what it was called before, that is what it is called now. I can see Sam changing it on the PDF as we talk about it. <laughs> sorry, Pies. Uh, what was that? What was that community thing? The like meow meow points. Solid episode of Community. <laughs> uh, Not to yeah. be confused with Big Bad Voodoo Daddy points, of course. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was, I was wondering if we could make ska jokes in chat, or if that just ends the podcast where it's at. Um, but hey, we just get sued by Darren Barrett. Let's pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> As he heads out the door, skanking along. It's not Brixby doesn't like ska music. Brixby falls into a pit and dies. (laughs) He doesn't. It's full of trumpets and uh, they're so (laughs) checkerboard pit. (laughs) Here lies the king of swing. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, rude boy Brixby. (laughs) All right, so we headed off to the Manticore's lair. And Dinvaya would have shown you on the map that it's basically like up to the northeast of the um, Red Tooth uh, Warren. So it's sort of, you have to pass through their territory on the way there. Smash a lion thing. Interested what a mutant manticore looks like. If this is just going to be like a normal lion or if it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> they just don't Which know. I think I wrote in the like, chat earlier. <laughs> unaltered <laughs> animals look like in New yeah. Area. They're like, it's hideous. Like, what is that? It's got a mane. It's, no it's like the episode of uh, Avatar where somebody had just a regular bear and everybody was really confused because all the other animals are like mixed together. <laughs> right. Well, it's morning in Scrapwall. I'm gonna roll a random encounter check as you pass to the east by northeast. As you head through the various causeways and pathways that just sort of lead vaguely in the right direction. You see people scavenging and little, like maybe a booth set up of somebody grilling suspicious meats on um, like a propane tank just out in the middle of nowhere and there's propped up shelters made of tarps and um, ripped up things. Oh, so it's like tailgating before a Giants game? Yeah, it's like tailgating yeah. before a Giants game <laughs> if like the world came to an end um, at halftime. And then you're tailgating again. We're just passing by all the iguana bits. Not at all suspicious. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like you're outside the ruins of the Meadowlands and they never built the new giant stadium. They forgot. <laughs> and maybe Jimmy Hoffa sort of shuffles by undeadly. <laughs> I feel like I picked up that, that sports metaphor. Jimmy Hoffa reference. Well, I feel good about it. It was good. I don't know. <laughs> job, I, I was just like New York. I don't know a whole lot about sports. I mean, everybody loves a good uh, Jimmy Hoffa reference in 2021. <laughs> it's true. I really, I was thinking if we could connect to Gen Z a little bit more, if we just turned up Bring in the, the yeah. unsolved mysteries of unsolved possibly dead murders from the 70s. That's yeah, what everybody exactly. is into. Well, and this is why we're going to be reviewing Brando's On the Waterfront for the next, <laughs> that's what it's called, right? Yeah, next yeah, 45 minutes so, yeah. or so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get Herb Stemple in here as the guest on the <laughs> That was a quiz show reference for the youths. Oh, yeah, we're, we're killing it with the younger demographic right now. I can see it. I mm. mean, this should go on TikTok. Yeah, we're up three points with the 18 to 25s. Nice, nice, nice. You skipped the 31-year-old demographic. Which I'm used to. That's fine. I only went up to 25. I, I just I didn't skip a, you know all the way. I the points are coming in slow today. You know, but not pandemic. the big bad daddy points. Those are going to be rolling in when Rainbow. we kill Rainbow. this manacore. <laughs> so on the way to the manacore, Asher is a little more quiet than normal. Rather than making the idle chatter or really showing a whole lot of interest in the walls of scrap, he seems a little more lost in thought. Are you okay? Hmm? Oh. oh. I suppose so. Bit of a strange night. I'm sure it was just the day we had with bird food and clockworks and yeah, I, I suppose so. Does anyone else feel different this morning? 
stronger again. Well, hard to say until if we fight this maybe Mandicore, but um, yeah, I think so. I feel like I have a plus or like, you know, any sort of other <laughs> not bonuses I have are negated by perhaps new skills or feats. It's strange. I first learned this magic over a decade ago. Been practicing it ever since, but in all that time, I never felt like I was getting stronger with it. Meanwhile, over the past week and a half or so, it's happened several times. I'm suddenly able to do things that I never thought would be possible. I was just wondering if anyone else seems to be going through that as well. The last week, rather, two, say, have been rather exceptional uh, in tests of our skills, I would say. Um, seeing myself situations of danger take risks that I think of he looks down at his hands I just don't know I'm I feel stronger and I can't tell if it's all of you or it's me it's probably something in between yes I certainly never expected to have the healing powers that I seem to be growing into. That was, well, some of the others, that was what they specialized in, and I was always expecting more to focus on this. And he tries to twirl his gun. I'll roll an acrobatics. <laughs> Not a sleight of hand. Well, it was a natural 20. Oh my god. <laughs> so, uh, I'm happy that you <laughs> cut that out of the way. Me too. Me too. Definitely not on the manticore. That would have been just boring. Yeah, waste. Too easy. Uh, so he he does. He pulls off this suit, and he even seems surprised at how <laughs> well the gun twirl goes. Uh, yeah, well, that was cool. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I do suppose... Growing stronger. Caldera's. Well, she's an interesting one, and never know quite what to expect. Yeah, I can do magic now. Sort of. <laughs> it's really cool. Right? This is definitely uh, time for old Bricks Beans to pull out his cured leather, rub it. Quickly and then and, and cast that mage armor on himself as they're walking that way. He's at that point where he starts casting it in the morning. Good for him. Got five hours now. Mm hmm. So, see, Perhaps we should wait here for five and a half hours. <laughs> the, the light is just so nice. Also, suspiciously empty iguana cages. Mm, something smells good, too. As you approach this sort of remote corner of the wa outer wall of Scrap Wall, you get into a narrow pathway that leads up to a an outcropping of actual stone when the 
probably the only ones you've seen in here. Usually they're made of broken machines and broken metal. And sitting on top of this outcropping is a huge tangled mesh of barbed wires, jagged edges, rusty chains, bones, rubble, just all me and it looks like it was assembled specifically to shred anything that touched it. And uh, sitting in that nest of horrors, you see <laughs> your new friend, an enormous, uh, probably ten foot tall creature with an almost weirdly humanoid face with flesh mm. that appears to be rotting off of it in places and covered in fur and it has this long reddish hair in a mane around its head and huge claws and glowing green spittle dripping from its jaws as it um, stands up to its full 10 feet in height as you approach its lair and lets out a and as chunks of spit fly out of its mouth and I need everyone to roll for initiative I hope you roll high let's start oh, with no. Zach and his improved initiative can't improve a one too much that, that's an eight very nice how about Jerome how's Vargas doing uh, Vargas rolled a natural 18 for a 20. Very fast, very fast. How about Asher? He's always fast. A natural 15 for a 19. Well, I can't see his token because it's behind a sky metal. So. Ooh, when did I earn that? It's behind Jero's sky metal on my mm, screen. Cool, cool. <laughs> what did you say it was? I was too busy failing to manipulate roll 20. 19, and I'm old for my age. And how about Izzy? How's Kira doing? Uh, it's 11 on the die, plus a 5 for 16. So, uh, which is not a rent reference, but um, is a number. So, you know, pretty good initiatives. It's a shame that the mutant manticore friend got a 24. Ugh. So as it sort of hisses and roars at all of you and seems to be like a nice friend, it's going to fly up into the air and rise at a 45 degree angle. Now it's hanging up in the air well above you, and um, since Kira's the closest, it's just going to shoot a spike out of its tail at her. That sounds about right. Now it's a cracked die. I should use a smaller die, um, because this one is too big. That is a 17 versus flat-footed? Uh, no. Flat-footed will not do it. Hooray. All right, well, the manticore is finished. It is about... 30 feet up in the air at this point. Um, that ledge in front of you is 15 or so feet high. And Vargas is up. Okay, so I think he is just going to fire an acid arrow at it. Uh, ugh. That is not great. 
Uh, is my plus for that? Yeah, no, that's going to be... Oh, though it's touch, and this thing's really big, so maybe. Uh, 13 against range touch? Uh, 13 is exactly a hit against touch. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. So that is going to be... 2d4, and then every three levels I possess, it takes another thing on its turn. Okay, so I'll grab some d4s. Uh, that is going to be not super great damage. That is four points of acid damage. And then on its turn, it will take one more d4 of acid damage. Oh, that's pretty mean to it. It doesn't like it. Are you moving or good there? Uh, no, he's going to stay there. That's going to be his full turn. All right, Ash is up. Uh, how high up in the air is said creature? Do you say 35 feet in the air? Yeah. Yeah. He's 53 feet and change away. Uh, I as he a was move action. Wow. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Uh, I'll just delay. Now, uh, as a move action, Asher is going to detect evil, as though he had focused on the creature for three rounds. Ah, yeah, you get a sense of evil. I believe at this level it would be faint evil. Hey, I mean, faint, strong, is cool. Uh, Then as a swift action, he will call down the smiting powers of Kaldira. And he's just going to move closer. Now we'll go 15 to the east and then north. 10 feet. It's going to be great. <laughs> and nice that's and it. Close. Gun drawn while he moves. If it wasn't drawn already, adventuring and whatnot. So it's 35 feet up. Is it? Is this piece of land that we're seeing this nest on, is that also raised? Yeah, that that's like a 15-foot um, rocky outcropping, so that's included in the 35 feet. Like he's, he's like 25 feet above, or 20 feet above that. Got it. So 15-foot, that's going to require some sort of climbing to get up. Unless it's nice enough to come down. Well, I mean, obviously, unless it's nice enough to come down. Uh, but I assume it's not going to do that right now. So Kier will move um, up to the bottom of the rocky outcrop. Is that what we called it? Yeah. Um, just, I guess, present herself as a viable target. Uh, Pathfinder question. Is it a better idea to cast shield or to use Brix's scroll? I also I don't know which how how much action economy each of those things consumes. So if it's not possible to do either, tell me in my face. Since you don't have the scroll out, it's going to be better for you to cast it. All right, really um, good point. It'll really be point. at a higher caster level if you cast my scroll because I'm a higher caster level than your character is. But at the same time, it's a matter of minutes. Like, and usually sure. most fights don't exceed two minutes or so. Cool. Okay. Um. So we'll do that. Can I move, cast, and draw a bow? Yeah, you could draw that as part of the move. Excellent. So I'm going to do all those things. So she'll move up to the rocky outcrop, drawing the her new uh, composite bow, composite long bow. Um, 
and then also as she's going, give like a, a wave to Brixby. She's like, I'm gonna do the thing. <laughs> um, and she concentrates for a second and the uh, markings on her left arm start to glow purple and she is shielded by a just a, a real nice, I'm gonna say like a fuchsia today. It's gonna be a fuchsia kind of shield. Uh, and that's my turn. All right, on to Brixby. Oh yeah, nice, is he? Gives a little thumb up on that one. Um, beaming with pride, beaming with rodent pride. Um, he is going to reach into his uh, spell component pouch and pull out a little bit of mica, pointing his hand up at the uh, manticore. He's gonna crush it and attempt to blow it in his direction. Um, I'm, I need you to, to roll a will save for me, Sam. A will save. That's interesting. Uh, 10 on the die for a 15. Fail. You are blind to my glitter dust. So, nice. Now that I've blinded you, I want to know about you. So I'm going to roll a knowledge roll. All right. This would be dungeoneering. Ooh, spicy. Ooh. Uh, 12 on the die for a 21. You are looking at a mutant manticore, which is like a normal manticore, but it's clearly mutated. It's, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, you get a 21. You're looking at, you got one one question, one bit of useful information. Um, Bull gang, uh, well, I guess... Ash already determined that it was evil. Is there any other information that would help anybody? Because I was just going to ask exactly what the mutant situation means. Yeah. Like, what? Is that like a template? I'm interested in that, like, green stuff, which I'm assuming has to do with the mutation. If it's, like, poisoned or radioactive or something. But if anyone was concerned about, like, DR, creature type, anything else, I'm happy to. Yeah. I think special attacks or abilities, probably. That could be a good one too. Yeah, um, I am down for let's let's go with the let's go with the special attacks. I like special attacks. It's always a nice one. Well, the uh, special attacks doesn't technically have any, but I'll give you a little bit. Um, it has that ranged uh, spike thing where it can shoot spikes mm-hmm. from its tail. Um, additionally, in melee, it can bite and claw. Uh, that drool coming out of its mouth is radioactive so any creature bitten by a mutant manticore is subject to radiation and um it can get pretty bad oh yeah no we've been given a bunch of stuff towards this end up until this point and now it's interesting to see it finally in play um Mm. curious so, Found a swarm last time, and now it's finally radioactivity, eh? Brings <laughs> <laughs> uh, me a little shout-out to everybody. Uh, it, I think it's blind, but its bite is... Uh, it's no good. Don't let it bite you. And uh, let's see. Standard free action... He's gonna, since he's got plenty of ranged stuff, he's gonna step back just five feet further. And that's my turn. All 
right? And now this creature that's just failed a will save and been blinded, it seems confused. It seems like literally confused. And um, it just stands there, or it hovers in the air and just like makes incoherent, like and um, that's all it does on its turn. Um, at the end of your turn, you get to make a, another will save to stop being blind. Oh, and it also takes a 2d4 damage from my acid this turn. Nice. Why don't you give that, that roll? Five points of uh, acid damage. All right, so it's still burned by the acid, and that's a 14 on that will save. Still blind. <laughs> All right. So acid doesn't haste it, right? We haven't hasted no. this monster <laughs> by using an attack spell on it. Now this Book time, two. It, it seems that your spell has done a normal spell thing. <laughs> and Vargas is up for round two. All right. Uh, so let's see what... Else he can do this thing is still kind of hanging out where we can't hit it with any of his normal spells. Uh, so uh, I don't really want to waste my uh, arcane pool points to be able to keep throwing. So, how far away did you say it's flying from us right now? Um, it's up about thirty-five feet in the air. Okay. Range increment Okay, so he is going to draw and a sling and is a sling I can never remember, is it like a bow where you can just load it normally or mm -hmm. is it like a crossbow where it has an actual load mechanic? Uh, Pretty sure it's a former. I think it's like a bow, right? You just are yeah. assumed to be able to drop a rock in as a free action. Well, yeah, because you're not like ratcheting back action or any of the other yeah. stuff, as you know, that goes into a crossbow. Check my golem arm, check sling. Okay, so yeah. Uh, flings a rock at it with a... That is a 23 to hit. That will hit. Okay, it does not do very much damage. It's only 1d4 plus 2. Uh, that is 4 points of uh, bludgeoning damage. Just regular old bludgeoning. Yeah, the rock plinks off of its um, abnormally thick mutated hide. Doesn't seem like it did anything at all, but get the thing's attention. Okay, that will be his turn then. Alright. Asher is up. Asher is outside his touch range increment, but YOLO, uh, he is going to point his smitten gun at the creature and fire against regular AC with a minus two penalty for beyond his range increment. Uh, and that's going to be a big ol' miss. Unless blinded, this creature's AC is only a 15. Um, yeah, blinded, it is a 15. Wow. <laughs> nice. Because um, it's got that size oh, penalty. And yeah. 
then this is going to be decent. Oh no, uh, it's the smite. Plus four. <laughs> a D8 plus four that bypasses any DR. Uh, seven, so that's 11 points of damage. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that is, he is going to, you said the scrap wall is like 15 feet high? Yeah, this sort of stone wall is 15 feet high, yeah. Stone wall. Does it look like there is, if someone were to hypothetically try and get on top of the stone wall, is it, it, does it seem like you could stand on it? Yeah, there's there's space up there before you get to his uh, its nest. Cool. Um, then let's, let's, I haven't swiftied this turn. Let's spend a, a grip point for some uh, super speed and get that nice acro bonus and try and jump up on that wall. Why didn't I do that before I shot? Didn't think about it. <laughs> oh yeah. 18 on the die plus another 18 would be a 36. <laughs> uh, so that's enough bone. to go the single jump uh, easily. Not quite enough for 15 feet, so let's do that double jump. Uh, yeah, and 27 is enough to get an additional five feet up. So that should be enough to at least be grabbing on to the top. What was the first one? 37. That was enough for, yeah. Uh, so five feet is 20, and then four plus four for every additional foot. So I could have gotten up nine feet. That's 15 vertical feet with my red and start. I'm standing on top of a wall. Classic. Very nice. Yeehaw, that's my 18 minute turn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kira is up. Cool. Kira's going to kick off a turn by raging. Um, just real, real casual rage. You know, this thing growls at her friend. She growls right back. Um, she's gonna try and use this composite long, long bow. Let's see how that goes. All right, ranged weapons. Hey, oh, that's a, let's see, 16 plus seven to hit. Tw 23. <laughs> yeah, 23 will hit. Great, 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 great. Uh, all right. I know how to do damage with an arrow thing. Um, 1d8 plus three, d8. Oh my god. Okay, well, uh, found it. <laughs> 1d8. That's that's a 4 plus 3, so it's like 7. 7 points of manticore shootiness, I guess. It's not nearly as satisfying as a sword, but like, hey, here we are. Yeah, and that, Shooting stuff like Asher. That arrow sticks into it, but that thing's skin just seems so weird and thick and tough that it, it barely seems like it did anything at all. Oh, man. And that's Brixby. Um, let's see. I encourage anyone else who has knowledge of engineering to roll on this. Uh, Brixby has um, seen the creature is still blinded, backed himself up pretty far. He's going to look at what Vargas did a couple rounds ago, reach into his spell component pouch, pull out that adder stomach, 
that rhubarb leaf, that dart, push them together in his hands and fire out an acid arrow against this blinded foe's touch. All right. Five on the die for an 11. <laughs> yeah, it's blinded touch is nine, so yeah. Yee. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, six for my acid damage, nine for my sneak attack, because it's blind, making it a 15 in total. 15 in total. That is a lot. And uh, that is my turn. Alright, this thing's starting to look kind of hurt. Um, Does it get that save at the end of its turn? At the end of its turn, yes. Okay. So, it's in a weird situation right now, because it is still confused, but it's just been hit, and a confused creature has to attack the thing that hit it. But it can't see Brixby. Mm-hmm. Now, it has the scent universal monster ability, so it can tell <laughs> that there are creatures near it, but... It can't tell which one's which. So I think that it has to blindly head forward and attack just the closest being. I mean, basically everyone's hit it this turn. So it's... What would that be like a coin flip between Kira and Asher? Aren't they both about the same distance? And Asher is a lot closer, closer because he's up so high. Oh yeah, because he's on the wall, that's right. Yeah. So I think... It is going to basically dive bomb down. It's going to land. And uh, I'll roll concealment first as it tries to bite you. Um, with the 50% con concealment, uh, 37. So it cannot see you this round, and it bites over Asher's head. Some of that radioactive drool just flies over. And it'll roll that will save. My cool, cool monster gets a 21. That'll do it. Woohoo! Very much so. It can see. It can see. Finally, my cool, cool monster might get a turn next round. But you haven't ceased to be sparkly. You are so sparkly. Oh my god, it's the coolest monster ever. <laughs> it's so on brand. <laughs> All right, that takes us to Vargas. Okay. So now that it's come down and is swinging at Asher, it's no longer in the air. Right, it's landed up there. So if I went here, which for the folks at home here is like five feet below where you would actually start having to climb, how far would that put me from it? About 15 feet? Um, 20 feet? About 20 feet. Okay. That is within range then, so he is going to move up to that square just on the lip of the uh, cliff, and he is going to fire up with acids. Well, actually, before he does that, excuse me, he is going to roll Dungeoneering after seeing his uh, stone plink off it and seeing Kira's arrow only do a little bit of damage. Uh, that is... Probably not going to be super helpful. That is... Oh, actually, wait, I have a plus 7 to Dungeoneering. Never mind. Uh, that is a 16. 
Um, 16 is the DC exactly to identify the mutated manticore, but not to get any... Um, not to get any info on it? Yeah. Oh. The art for this thing is just delightful. Yeah, no, it's cool looking. You got the spiky uh, tail. Yeah, so he's going to splash an acid, uh, splash up at it. Uh, I don't know if it'll get cover from Asher or not. I do have, uh, what you call it, and then I think, um, do I, I think I took that, uh, oh, nope, I did not take, I thought I took, uh, what you call it, but I did not. So I think you get the benefits of precise shot this round because Asher hit it with a ranged attack, right? Uh, because oh, that's of right. my I was gonna say. height difference, though, I, it has to be within 10 feet of me. Oh, so. Which I don't think I am if that thing is a 15 foot tall. Yeah. So never mind. I would love so I to say, grant I'm... it to you because yeah. it hasn't had an effect yet. <laughs> yeah. Because I had to choose at level one between that and combat casting. I figured because I so rarely used range stuff that <laughs> combat casting would made more sense. And I'm regretting that now. Uh. But that is a 15 on the die, so that is a 20 against... Actually, wait, no, because it's the minus from that, uh, which is a minus 4 for firing it into melee. Yeah. Yeah, so that is a 16 against touch. Uh, with the cover he's going to get from your super awkward angle, that, that's not going to hit. Okay. Uh, that is his move then. Next turn, he'll probably just start trying to climb up the hill. <laughs> Alright, Asher, you jumped up onto the cliff, and now there is a manticore directly in your face. At the time, it was blind, Sam. <laughs> now it's just sparkly. It's true. And it's so sparkly that I just kind of want to shoot it with a gun. Uh, so, let's provoke some AOOs, shall we? Uh... He, Asher is going to, uh, because he has mobile reload, he can, he was able to reload whilst, you know, at, before he, on his way to the first jump. I just didn't say it, but he can. He did it. It's true. It's a loaded gun. So let's fire it in melee range and provoke. All right. It's going to go for the bite, and that's only a 14. That misses. Nice. Going for orange creamsicle. It's crit before. Will it crit again? It will. Oh my yes. god. Yes. <laughs> I'm just talking things into existence today, and I love it, it. It hasn't happened the last few times. I was like, oh, I'll just crit it back. <laughs> and I haven't done it. Oh, anyway. All right, let's roll to confirm. Let's roll to confirm. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, an 18 against touch to confirm. Yeah, that'll confirm your times Yay. four. Smite crit. <laughs> oh, sweet, sweet, sweet load. Uh, this is going to be 48. No, no big deal. 48 plus 20. Uh, 40 points of damage. Wow. Cutting through all DR. Indeed. Yeah, that it looks rough. It looks hurt. It looks unhappy. 
but still alive? Still alive. It's a beefy No big boy. deal, uh, because I already included the minus two penalty from the feat I took this level called Rabbit Shot. Oh, no. And having not swift actioned yet this turn, Asher wills a bullet into his gun from his beneficial Yay! bandolier and will fire a second time. This time with the Neapolitan dice. Not a 20, but it is a 26 against touch. Um, let me just check if it has combat reflexes. It does not. Um, so what was that against touch? Uh, 26? Uh, yeah, that'll, that'll hit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no no times four nonsense this time, just a D8 plus five. Eight on the D8 for 13 yes. points of damage. Ow. Ow, says the creature. As it Still dies. Still alive. <sighs> Still alive. Come on. Still alive. Oh, my God. Whew. That's it. All That's, right, well, that was uh, You know what? You can take a five-foot step. To the east, as though it will matter. <laughs> Make a clearer shot for Vargas. Yeah. All right, Kira, um, you are up. Gosh, I was not expecting to have to do anything this turn, so back to strategy, I guess. Um, I'm thinking I want to try and pull out that score. Roll. I don't think I can pull and cast in the same one. And even if I can, uh, enlarge person is like that whole other thing. It's I'm going full. to just make, huh? Oh, it's like a full round activation situation. Although, wait, right. scroll. Yeah, no, still. Um. Okay, yeah. so yeah, that's another one in which I could just cast it now, which is going to be a bummer if he's dead by next turn. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I'll just shoot him again. Does he have, he's on that ledge now. Do I need to take a step back to get a clear shot? Um, you'd probably have a better shot with a step back here. Cool. And there's like a minusy thing because Asher is all smooshed up against it. Yeah, it's a minus four. That's fine. All right, we'll just shimmy on back here and uh, go for the longbow again. Hey, that's a 19. Longbows don't get that thing of critical, what's it called on 19, right? That's just some of the stabbies. So um, 19 plus seven. <laughs> That'll seven. Great. Oh, 26. I can math. <laughs> <laughs> Nine points of damage on my D8. That's a 12. Wait, what? Yeah, no, that was that was wrong. I did that, did that incorrectly. Uh, um... <laughs> oh, I, I get it now. I was like, what? It's all these words together don't. <laughs> oh, God. I thought I'm, that was a I'm seven, really... and it was not. Um, That's a one plus three. Ugh, God, like four points. Four points of damage. This was an yeah, that, underwhelming turn. That does nothing at all. The arrow bounces pathetically off of this beast that will live forever. Hey, no matter how many 53 damage turns Jeff gets. Brixby is up. <laughs> Brixby, um, looking at the immense amount of damage that's been dealt to this thing, um, is gonna just pew pew at it because he can't do a whole lot of damage. He's gonna pull out that magic missile wand and he's gonna let fly 
two shooty duties for six in total. Well, it staggers a bit. Still up after the shooty oh. duties. <laughs> no, the shooty duties. <laughs> Wasted a shooty duty. Well, I oh, know you didn't waste it. You hit him. The uh, staggered beast is going to lean back and go for the big, big bite on Asher, the gun-wielding monster. It's going to roll a natural 20 here for revenge. You can't do that. That's Jeff's thing. It's revenge. I mean, he's got a point. That's a natural 14 for a 24. Oh, the smite bonus makes my AC a 24 exactly. Oh, oh. Wow, so close. Oh, so it's close. time to imagine dragons, baby. It's getting radioactive. Yeah, a couple things are going to happen. Uh, first thing, seven points of bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage from the bite. Um, then I'm going to need you to make a fortitude save. Oh, don't mind if I do. Uh, natural 18 for a 29. Oh, yes. Okay, so that was the big one. Yay. Now, why don't you make me another fortitude save? And two will saves. <laughs> Got it, here it comes. Uh, slightly worse, but still a 26 total. Come on. It's messed up. You pass both saves. You're not affected by radiation. The <sighs> stupid idiot thing falls to negative one and collapses <laughs> at the feet of Asher the Invincible. <laughs> nice. Yay! You did it, Asher. <laughs> <laughs> Just killed it with the power of your mind. <laughs> wow. That, uh, that was incredibly effective. Maybe your blood is poisonous. Hmm. That would be news to me, although it seems there's all kinds of theories bandying about. He says as he reloads. Uh, Kira <laughs> puts a sticker on an arrow and shoots it into the manticore. Um, Asher, that one's for you. But also maybe grab the other two arrows while you're there. Don't die. Yeah, after all that D100, there's a 50% chance to recover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's the uh, sticker say? Oh, it says, great job defeating that mutant manticore with like 53 points of damage, bruh. It's a very long, goes down the entire shaft of the arrow. <laughs> well, I have to hand it to Joanne's. That, that, I'll give Joanne's this one. That was prescient. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, she has all the most specific stickers you could ever ask for. Unfortunately, that arrow is the only one he's able to recover. Uh, they're old, like a 14 and a 17 to recover the other two. <laughs> they bounced off so far. But he does retrieve the one with the sticker on it. Great. Uh, we're going to call that one a real arrow, not a flavor arrow. And Vargas gets a uh, 93 on his D100 to see if he gets his uh, round rock back, because those mm. are so hard to find. Important. It's pretty nice rock. <laughs> 
Do either of you see anything else up there in the nest or around? Oh yeah, I forgot to do my climb check. I'm pretty sure I can almost auto that. Yeah, 18 on the die with a plus 6, so he's up there. Alright, yeah, from up on the hill, you can tell that the, the nest itself looks absolutely vicious. And it seems like this thing should have been torn to shreds just lying down in there. It's just blades everywhere. But up around back, it looks like there is a cave. Mm. 17 perception uncover anything? Well, it looks like back in that cave back there, there's all sorts of bones and dead bodies and bits of scrap everywhere, but you'd probably have to go back there. Oh, that seems charming uh, and inviting. Would in 18 perception, if Vargas uses his metal arm, could he dig through the nest without tearing himself to pieces to see if there's anything in there? Um, It doesn't look like there's anything really of interest in the nest. It looks like the, it's all just the nest scrap. is basically yeah, a death trap. Yeah. Do y'all tell us about the cave or not? Nah? There's a cave. Looks like from here there's... Bones, other sorts of scrap, but I don't know a lot about these creatures. Uh, it's possible whatever other creatures have died by its horrifying green maw. Perhaps they had something of value that could aid us in our quest. Yeah, it looks like. Would we know with our rolls if that cave opening looks too small for that thing itself to get through? I mean, it looks like it could have squeezed in there, and it probably okay. did, like, basically drag victims back in there and eat them. It's got a perfectly good nest out here. Why is it eating them in there? <laughs> it's a Privacy. complicated creature. Uh, Kira will um, nod to Asher and then look back at, down to Brixby. Do you want to go up on the thing? Yeah, I need a boosty. Because I rolled a 12. I don't think that does it. Yeah, I would like to roll to boost. I mean, I assume I can yeah. just boost. I'm very strong. <laughs> you can toss bricks beyond up there. Oh, into oh. the mess. Oh, oh uh, right into the oh, level, level five. Oh, there Sorry. it goes. <laughs> 12 D12 of damage. Hate to see it. And it's all radioactive. Uh, that's a 19 for my well, guys. I'm just going to jump up here. The It looks like it's hard to see with the giant corpse token, but I think we could skirt around the nest along Ooh. the southwest heading. Yeah, there was a spot over here that I saw before the manticore got up and went over there. Yeah, the corpse unfortunately flopped over into that spot and blocked it off. <laughs> and also grew yeah, the wind. three times. Uh, more more visual humor for these folks the at home. Did it, it's I giant think. and in the way. Um, but yeah, you can squeeze around the um, edge of the nest. I'm going to pull out that time-worn radiation detector. Because um, Bricks has a spell in his book for this too, but I don't really want to waste a, the level one, um, whatever. So I do know, I'm pretty sure that it's time-worn. So can I click that bad boy on? All right, why don't you roll me your two D100s? 15 and a 30. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, the better of the two is just that it uses twice as many charges as normal, but otherwise functions normally. All right. 
few charges on the old battery. The 15 would um, be that it shocked you. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> so I am, uh, the Geiger counter noises are, are clicking or not, I suppose. Yeah, you get uh, blips of radiation from the corpse itself. It looks like the creature emits low radiation and um, anything bit by its jaws would have been infected with low radiation. Uh, but it doesn't seem to have really spread to the surrounding area. It's very concentrated. All right. Um, just going to keep it up while we head on in. As you climb into this uh, foul-smelling cave that is just strewn with partially eaten bodies and the remains of adventurers who came before you, a tangle of bones, grisly remains, and the odd barrel of toxic waste just leaching out into the ground, which um, the radiation detector isn't really a fan of. It it go beep, beep, beep on that one. Uh, but it looks mm. like, other than that corner where the radiation is leaching out and just like, it was probably nice for the radioactive beast to roll around in that, you know probably liked it um looks like it'll take you a little while to search through here if you want to see if there's anything good you're gonna have to get your hands dirty yeah everyone knows you're fine if you stay 10 feet away from the physical source of radiation <laughs> uh yeah brixby does the like um what is it like 3.7 rod cringins not good not bad <sighs> Um, <laughs> let's continue on in. 3.7 Rod Gringens. I, yeah, Rod Gringen. I don't know, man. <laughs> Rodigens. <laughs> I, the discoverer of uh, radiation, <laughs> Mr. Gringen. Yeah. I, the Brixby voice is hard enough to say stuff in, guys. Okay. <laughs> so I love the idea now that the uh, pulling rods are named after a guy just named, named Gringen. Rod, <laughs> Rod Gringen. <laughs> It, what do we of call course, these? Marie Curie and Rodney Gringen uh, had to share <laughs> the accolades for their discoveries. Yeah. Um, so is there any way to skirt around this without getting all radiating? Yeah, I mean, you can consciously avoid the radiation where it go, goes boop on the counter while you're searching. Uh, uh, <gasps> Sorry, I just moved into the cave and I'm seeing such drawings. Yeah, no, that's what I'm like. So we're perfectly fine just skirting around the outside of this. Of course. Pretty sure in real life we'd have been dead like 20 miles away down in the desert still. Pretty sure in real life you don't have a metal iron with the ability to cast arcane spells. True. You don't know that. My IRL fortitude save is nowhere near a plus. <laughs> it's like a minus two. All right, well, it's time for some perception checks, I guess, yeah? Yeah. It's a 19 for Brixbo for a 28, so unless it's a high-tech thing. Uh, Brixby is able to find a rusted iron coffer that appears to be stuck shut. Mm. I'm going to examine it for any sort of visible traps or locks, so another perception here. Uh, an 18 this time for a 27. That doesn't appear to be trapped or locked, just stuck. Uh, well, found this here, um, for one, 
gave it the one over with the clicky clicky and Rod Gringin is not inside. Secondly, I don't think I'm strong enough to open this up. So, uh, big stuff. I think it's more your area of finesse than mine. Uh, Carol will take the box and like, well, okay, how about I loosen it and then you can open it the rest of the way. Teamwork. Or we could make Var- Vargas very angry. I don't think we would <laughs> like it if we were. Well, your pants always purple. <laughs> Saving a copy of this so that the audience knows what the heck we're talking about. <laughs> uh, is there enough space around this thing, like, that it's realistic for me to aid Kira, or does she just have to make this on her own? Uh, but, I mean, it's just like a little box that you picked up. So yeah, that's can... it. I didn't know if, like, we could both get arms <laughs> around her or something I could aid, or is it grab just one end. pull on the bottom while she pulls on the top? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just stick the metal arm in there and use it as a pry bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just it. I was saying, like, you lock it in the arm and then she turns. Ooh, that's not great. That's a two. So, um, six. Yeah, it's stuck pretty good. Ooh. <laughs> nope, can't do it. I can rage and try again. Uh, I can give it a try. Yeah, or, you know, the other person. I've got a decent strength. strength. Quite as good as Kira's. Uh, that's a 19 on the die, though, for a 21. Yep. Vargas gets it. a finger into that um, joint and pries it open. And it's got 250 gold inside. Ooh. Nice. Nice. We robbed that place to keep that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was saving up for a cure. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. It just needed God, to eat 20 so more adventurers. <laughs> oh, but it boy. looks like by no means have you exhausted this horde. It's just that you got to dig through some gross crap and keep searching if if you want to find more. Yeah, like, can we take 20 on this? or? Yeah, you could. Will the radiation kill us if we do that? No, yeah. you could take 20. Take it's just 20. a matter of spending the time. Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, digging through, you come up with a very nice-looking dagger um, of cold iron make. Um, You come up with a beautiful, possibly magical axe, Mm -hmm. a silver armband with inset pearls, and a, a magical ring. And your obligatory gun. You know, there's, there's always a gun. Just like a mundane gun? or No, that's a weird gun. Oh, like a knowledge engineering kind of gun? Yeah, it's like a... Yeah, definitely your weird sort of knowledge engineering type gun. Let's see if I can so, Bricks will detect crack. magic. Um, and then... Wait for the knowledge engineering roll. A total of a 25. With with a 25, you are looking at an EMP pistol. An EMP pistol emits a beam of electromagnetic energy that cannot harm living creatures, but deals terrible damage to robots. An EMP pistol can harm androids and creatures with cybernetic implants, but they take half damage. A creature that is critically hit by an EMP pistol and takes damage from that hit, must succeed 
at a DC 15 fortitude save or be staggered for 1d4 rounds. And this thing... This one also... Oh, no, go for it. I just want to let you know that this is probably the most expensive item in the book. Oh, nice. And it's just buried in a radioactive dump, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Does this actually run on batteries, or does this somehow mysteriously use mini robots? (laughs) It runs on batteries. It can hold 10 charges. Nice. And it does 2d6 electricity damage to robots. Or half of that to androids and people with cybernetic implants. Does it have a battery in it? It does. It's fully charged. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't use our health gun stuff like Mianda's crappy gun. Oh, my God. That's so expensive. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah, so uh, Rick's through a, a... Nine um, for uh, 19 on his spellcraft. I'll do the ring if, if Jero's doing the axe. Yeah, he got a 17 on the axe. Uh, the axe is a plus one battle axe. Ooh. And the ring is a ring of the ram with 17 charges remaining. Oh, so cool. Those so- both sound kind of like Kira items. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Ring of the Rim is such a such a fun fun one for the. Uh, I've been listening to, uh, actually, I feel like it was a spoiler. I've been listening to a podcast that is one of our Pathfinder neighbors that I enjoy, and they use this item a good deal. It's great. You know who you are out there, podcasters. Team Slayer. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Brixby will say, uh, this, this ring here uh, has the ability to not only move people around with intense force dealing damage to them, but also to uh, doors and, and objects and things. I haven't totally looked it up, but if I remember it. Yeah, it's Harry's force ring from the Dresden Files, basically, as an item. <laughs> awesome. The more charges you use and the more damage it does. Mm-hmm. You can use Sweet. up to three or something. But yeah, I have no need for this ring. I also, I have a, I, I took the last magic ring. So I definitely don't need this ring. I mean, I'll take it if no one else yeah, is yeah. going to. Yeah, take it. Woo-hoo. I think it's fun. Yeah. Love fun. Plus, but like, I wonder. Uh, that aren't, It's not magic. It's just a nice piece of jewelry. Now that I'm thinking about it, though, I wonder if it wouldn't be the best thing for Kira for the same reason I'm thinking it wouldn't be the best thing for me and that if you knock someone back, then you have to step up to them again (laughs) if you're a melee character. I'm just thinking... Mm. Uh, It might actually be good for Asher by that way, then. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, like, since he's more ranged. Totally, because, like, you know, he can't... I can roll a concentration to avoid an attack of opportunity, but you can't do that with a gun, so... Hmm? I'm sorry, I misspoke. The EMP pistol only has nine charges left, so it appears it's been fired once. Someone seemed shot like it did... at the manicure. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, see if I can do well, a good job that did. That's why it's in here. <laughs> uh, so my thought... And, and I mean, I can roll on it, I guess, but uh, 
I mean, it would it would give me a, a slightly longer range option, albeit you know limited charges. But in a fight like this, where Kira has the choice of the bow, that against something with DR might do no damage, or a ranged option that'll do, you know, force damage. Yeah, true. It's, yeah. Um, I mean, one person, I don't know if this is a thing that has to attune, but like one person doesn't have to hold on to it too. Um, true. So Yeah, does it need attunement? Not I don't think I so. I don't think it does. It's not like a quick runner shirt or something. Yeah, yeah totally. So, I mean, I think either of you two would be a good uh, candidate for it. Kira, just because she has an affinity for the smash. And, uh, yeah, I mean, as a nice backup for you, possibly. I just would hate to have you pinned in and not have many other options besides your light hammer. Yeah. Well, And it does go with her uh, kind of pre-existing habit of knocking doors off the hinges <laughs> and then it gives you an automatic uh 25 strength check to knock a door open <laughs> <laughs> well i would say that you can all take a week to think about it because you do get a big bad daddy point but i'm going to bed yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh. good night sam good night sam <laughs> night sam, good night, sam. Good night, Rod Gringen. Against the Machine is property of its creators, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are properties of Paizo Publishing. Please visit them at paizo.com for more information. Theme Against the Machine, written and performed by our own Zach. Please consult the show notes for additional music and sound effect licensing information. So yeah, you're up. just stare at each other. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for your hospitality. Oh, wait, she's not out here anymore. She just went directly into the wall. Oh, God. Well, if no one is going to say anything, I'm going back to bed. She just merges into the scrap like she's freaking Robert Patrick in T2. She's a phase spider. For those at home, it's a visual joke. I've been dragging Dinvaya around the screen in Roll20. Yeah, our listeners all love visual jokes. That's all I ever hear from feedback. Yeah, that's true. But just imagine her icon is like the DVD logo on the screen saving screen. And that's what's going on right now. I'm just hoping um, that she hits the corner perfectly. God, I was going <laughs> to say the corner joke. Well, never mind. You can. You can re-say it and then we can totally cut it to make it seem one was like funnier. you said it. Yeah, you should just edit this episode and uh, just pitch Sam's voice slightly. I guess you could just record your own <laughs> voice. Would, yeah, it, probably easier at that point. Be better if. Yeah. Um.